Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. My name is John Fontaine and welcome back to a brand new episode of The Fiqh of Love. Today we join with Dr. Muhammad Salah. Assalamu alaikum, Shaykh. Wa alaikum salam, John wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. How's it going? Wonderful, alhamdulillah. How about yourself? Yeah, alhamdulillah. Great. <laughs> so, Shaykh, mashallah, we've been discussing marriage and love from the Islamic perspective. And, and that makes you happy. It makes you happy as well? Of course, it? definitely. Well, it should I make, am happy. It should make you happy. Yeah. I mean, no, it doesn't always make someone happy, subhanAllah. <laughs> but it uh, should. Yeah, and that's what, inshallah, that's, we're hoping that this series will help people. We'll make a lot of people happy. Inshallah, inshallah. And also, you know, learning, you know, we spoke about learning the benefits uh, and all the rulings uh, regarding marriage from the Islamic perspective. And hopefully this can, you know, we can avoid uh, some of the mistakes that are made uh, with the Muslims. So the past uh, few episodes we've been speaking about the actual nikah, mm. uh, speaking about the, 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 the uh, conditions, etc. Yeah, the uh, pillars and conditions. The pillars and conditions. Also, we spoke about the guardianship, uh, the, the role of the guardian. And today we want to actually speak about the actual nikah uh, on the day when it's happening and where should this happen? Uh, because there's some misconceptions. People think that it shouldn't be held in the masjid, maybe you know, it's too sacred or, or something. Where, what, where should the nikah actually take place? As a matter of fact, it is recommended to hold it in the masjid. It's permissible to hold it in the masjid, at home, at the bridal house, or at the groom's house, or in a banquet hall. It doesn't matter. What matters is, as long as you're not making any violation, particularly on this blessed night, or the day on which you are processing a marriage contract, you know, uh, it has been a lot of challenge to finally find the right suitor, uh, the right soul and life mate. So the least you can do is to say, thank you, Allah. And it is not befitting whatsoever to thank Allah by disobeying him. Yes. So one is supposed to be grateful and thankful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There is a hadith, but before I quote it, I'd like to say that it's known, it's a weak hadith. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, أَعْلِنُوا هَذَا النكاح. So the hadith suggests, number one, the announcement and the publicity of the marriage. So as many people as possible would know that John and Sarah are already married. I know, mm. uh, you know, so people would know that these guys are married. When they see mm. them together, they know mm. that they're husband and wife. Mm. And so, so among the announcement is to hold a gathering or a banquet yes. or to throw a party or if it is done in the masjid that will serve the purpose mm. and he said masjid. it is best to process the marriage contract in the masjid mm. so a, a bigger number of people will get to witness it so when, when you're speaking about the announcement you're not speaking about the walima at the moment you're speaking about literally just getting the actual contact uh, contracts done exactly and actually announcing it immediately yeah, yeah, and the walima would serve the purpose of the announcement mm -hmm. as well. Like, I'm inviting you. For what, guys? This is because I got married. So even though it came later, but this mm -hmm. is some sort of announcement. Mm -hmm. The process of the marriage contract, if it is done in the masjid, it would serve the purpose of the announcement. Yes. Uh, many people will witness it. Then in the last segment of the hadith, فَضْرِبُوا عَلَيْهِ بِالدُّفُوفِ Which is beating the duff or the drum. But that shouldn't uh, be uh, uh, performed in the masjid, obviously. How important is the announcement? The announcement, according to the vast majority of the Muslim jurists, is mustahab, mm. is recommended. In other words, 
sometimes uh, they want to keep it on a small scale okay for many reasons so the guardian gave his consent the guy proposed and the, the girl is happy and they made it within their household is that permissible perfectly legal you know I've, I've come <coughs> across uh, some instances especially in the UK where they don't want to have uh, they don't want to announce it too much because because of their particular culture and family maybe they're going you know they'll expect maybe to fall into haram you know in, in actually having a party and mm -hmm. music etc so you'd recommend it if this would happen just to keep it well first of all we need to discuss whether it's permissible or not then afterward everybody's free to do whatever they want to do mm -hmm. in some cultures whenever there is a death and not not just in the family in the street in the neighborhood so the people have common sense and they watch for the feeling of the family who lost a loved one so even though the mm. wedding was today and they put the lighting and the, um, um, the the party is ready to be announced and they call everything off so they process the marriage contract in um, in, in in their house in their apartment yes. in their flat on a small scale so there is a reason why they cancel the party and the announcement but it was done with fulfilling the pillars and the conditions the guardian's consent, the girl's approval, and the witnesses. Mm. And the guy who's a husband has proposed, and his proposal has been accepted. Mm. So that's it. They will do it. There are many reasons. We can count many reasons as why would people like to keep it on a small scale or even to the extent of keeping it secret, mm. if you want to. Yeah, I mean, <coughs> what is the ruling regarding this, keeping it secret? As long as there's witnesses, of course. Exactly. Yeah. So as long as the marriage is witnessed and the marriage contract is witnessed by the witnesses who fulfill the conditions, mm. well, that is valid. Okay. Okay. So, subhanAllah, you know, people might have many different reasons uh, for not having a, you know, announcing it. You know, maybe they don't have enough money, you know, because of the, because of the mahar. We discussed the mahar mm. <laughs> uh, in the last episode. Uh, so it is permissible for it is, them. It is permissible. Jazakallah khair. So secrecy does not mean that a man and a woman, they go and uh, they rent a hotel room and they say, Allah is our witness, let's get married. Yes. This is not the secrecy that we're referring to. Mm. This is not marriage, this is adultery. Yes. Okay? Yeah. Marriage contract with its pillars, ijab and qabul, conditions, uh, uh, the consent of the guardian, and the approval of the girl, ijab and qabul between the husband and the wife who are both present and perfectly fit to get married. So in terms of this announcement, or you might, I heard you use the term party as well. Mm -hmm. um, of course, in the West, party kind of has a bit of a, a different understanding. Uh, and, and, and in fact, many people, even Muslims, they do have, they do hold a party where they will have uh, maybe music, um, maybe the woman the, in some cultures, not, not, all cultures but some people maybe they would uh, say that the the woman has a right not to wear hijab on that day or she can have makeup and the men and women are free mixing etc what's the Islamic guidance on holding uh, a party or a gathering like this uh, the linguistic meaning of the word party is to celebrate mm. so it's linguistic meaning applies to our Islamic party which is perfectly legal and it can uh, fit the parties that you guys hold in the West or in the UK or here or there. So the applied meaning may be different. Yeah. 
What we're referring to here, Muslims have the right and they're encouraged to party, halal party, mm. where, uh, you know, whenever the Prophet ﷺ got married, women got to party. The people came to congratulate the Prophet ﷺ. When Ali and Fatima got married, likewise. Don't you think that the marriages in Islam, they just uh, keep a low profile and no one is happy? They sing songs, they beat the daf and... But women together, men together, many no free mixing. <laughs> the idea yeah. of it's only one night per per year. Yeah. Subhanallah, I try to convince a lot of people, even if it is one night, this night is more worthy to be grateful to Allah by being obedient to Him, by yeah. being thankful to Him for making this yeah. whole process take place and facilitating it. Yeah. So they think it's okay. You see some sisters who are wearing a face veil but they mm. convince her, the family or the groom's family, you know, for everyone to have fun. So she would go to a, a makeup artist or the uh, call a makeup artist, which is perfectly okay if she is going to be alone with women mm. and uh, party together. But to, um, to wear a full makeup and do the plucking of the eyebrows, which is also forbidden even on that particular night for the husband or for anybody else, and uh, take their hijab off. And she would be sitting on the highest pla high place where next to the groom, where everyone is taking pictures, everyone is videoing, and she's, uh, you know, exposing uh, her beauty and most of her body parts. Why? Because it's a wedding night that is not permissible, whether mm. on the wedding night or otherwise. Mm. So, so the person must understand that if you want to be happy, you got to make Allah happy. Mm. If you think that you can gain pleasure, happiness, and joy in anything other than obeying Allah and making Him happy, that will never happen. Mm -hmm. It will never happen. The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, whoever seeks the pleasure of Allah, even if that uh, may upset people, Allah will be happy with him or her and mm -hmm. will make those whom he was worried that they may get upset with him, make them happy and pleased. They respect and they honor that person. He's a man of honor. She's a woman of honor. And whomever see, whoever seeks the pleasure of people, if that ends up displeasing Allah, then no one will be happy with him. Neither Allah nor the people whom he was trying to please. So, of course, wearing, so the woman, it's okay for her not to wear the hijab as long as it's in the women's section. Yes, absolutely. And, and it's not with the men, etc. Yes. Wear so, a full makeup mm. and a wedding dress, yeah. white, red, uh, uh, any yeah. color, it doesn't mm. matter. Enjoy it, have fun, sit on a high place and they are singing around you, they are beating mm. the daf or the drum, mm. all of that is permissive. Yeah. And also in, in some uh, weddings you sometimes see that the groom, they will bring the groom, the, the male, onto the women's side and kind of parading for the women and, uh, you know, kind of just to show. Uh, well, if, if, if women are wearing uh, hijab and he's just coming to pick up his uh, bride, fine. But yeah. normally when the, when the women together, uh, they take it lightly. So they remove yeah. their hijab and yeah. they have fun. They sing songs, they clap. Yeah. As we just said, it's permissible to have fun. Aisha mm -hmm. anha used to go uh, among women in order to give the bride to her groom. So mm -hmm. they would party, halal party again, okay? Mm -hmm. yes. The Islamic party, singing songs and beating the drum. That mm -hmm. is permissible. So for the husband to go, if he's going to pick her up and these guys are not... Uh, uh, exposed, it's okay. Mm. But to say among the women and, and party, again, we're, we're saying that let the men party together 
and enjoy their, uh, their celebration and let the women enjoy the celebration supper. Jazakallah khair, Sheikh. Sheikh, we're just going to take a short break and we'll come back after sure. the break and Inshallah. follow this up. So join us after the break. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Assalamu alaikum Welcome back to the Fiqh of Love. Assalamu alaikum Shaykh. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. So we've been discussing the actual nikah and we've announced the marriage. Okay, mm -hmm. now I want to speak specifically about the walima. Mm -hmm. Now, what's the difference between announcing the marriage and the walima? Because there's a slight difference. The announcement could be done without offering a walima. The walima is a feast or the marriage banquet. The food that is offered in order to invite people, to feed people, it is a way of showing appreciation, giving thanks to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for blessing you with this beautiful bride. Mm -hmm. Finally, uh, you found your light mate. So you want to say thank you Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for that. And also those people who would come to accept the invitation and eat from the walima food, you will benefit out of their supplications because mm. they have been instructed by the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, to make a specific invocation uh, for your virtue, mm. for your welfare and welfare mm. of your marriage, you and your bride. Mm. So uh, it is sunnah. Mm. Uh, some of the scholars assume that it is wajib because the Prophet ﷺ once said to one of his companions by the name Abdul Rahman ibn Auf, who got married, and uh, he inquired about the dowry. How much was it? He said it was like uh, uh, the, you know, the date seed but of gold. The mm. weight or the size of the date seed but of gold. And uh, he said, then, If you have the means, you should offer the ulima. Even if it is something as little as just a sheep. Mm. In this case, it is different than the aqiqa, different than the uthiyah. In the case of Walima, it is recommended to offer food to people. You cook and you invite people to come and eat, either at your place or another banquet, so that people get together to eat. What is this for? It is the wedding of so-and-so. Mm. Oh, since I got married or I'm getting married, I'm inviting you for my Walima. Mm. So the Walima is a general word. It refers to any feast that you invite mm. people for. But when it comes to the wedding Walima, there is something distinct because accepting its invitation mm. is a must. Yeah, you know, so so just to backtrack there on that point, this is the ruling of the walima is it's a sunnah, it's, it's correct, it's recommended if yes. you like. Yeah. So, what are some of the wisdoms behind having uh, the walima? Well, as I said, uh, you want to say thank you, Allah. The Prophet وسلم, said, mm. So, it's feeding thanking people. Allah. And, and that's why if you really want to thank Allah, it's not a matter of showing off, look, so and so and they got married, their walima was huge. They offer like a hundred camel and they offer so much food, so much waste. No, yeah. it is not about that. In fact, in the hadith, the messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said to distinguish between the walima, which is supposed to be a mean of giving thanks to Allah and feeding people, sharing the joy and happiness with others, and the one which is to show off. Mm. So he said, peace be upon him, How evil is such feast, walima, uh, which only the rich people are invited to attend, mm. while they are not in need for it. 
while it's the poor who would die to eat, you know, mm -hmm. they are being neglected. Mm -hmm. No one is inviting them. So the William mm -hmm. you invite, it's not about rich or poor. You invite the righteous people because you'll benefit mm -hmm. out of their supplication. So when should the Walima be done? Should it, does this have to be done on the actual day of the Nikah or should it be done afterwards? Bottom line, because in this class, this is not like a, a, a in-depth fiqh explanation. I just want to share with a couple who are about to get married what to do. Whether you do it on the same night of consummating the marriage or the night before, couple days before, or the morning after you consummate the marriage, all of that is permissible. Now you're going to ask me, tell me, what did the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, do? Mm. Uh, the Prophet وسلم, in the Walima of uh, uh, Zainab bint Jahsh, it was after he consummated the marriage, next morning he said to Anas ibn Malik, invite the people. Mm. Okay, so normally the Prophet وسلم, through the marriage banquet or the walima after the consummation of the marriage. But mm. again, it is one of the means of announcing or ishhar or mm. doing the publicity for the marriage. Yes. Number two, it's a means of giving thanks to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for making it easy for you to mm. marry the girl of your dream. Yes. So who's around, who's actually offering the walima? Yeah. The man, yes. the groom. Yes, so I, w I wanted to ask about this as well. So who is financially responsible for this walima? It's always the man. When yeah. it comes to finance, it's the man but or, or yeah. his family. Yeah. But also, I, I in I some cultures, here. in some cultures, Sheikh, uh, if I'm not mistaken, the Indian culture, it's that it's that they actually the women actually take the burden of, of the the walima. Yeah. <laughs> so from an Islamic perspective, what what? You know, in, in, in that particular culture, uh, unfortunately, the woman and her family bear all the burden, all the financial burden. Mm. They pay the dowry, they, yeah. uh, they, they do everything. You know, there's one, there's one brother in the UK, he married uh, mm. an Indian, and he said that he, he just has one condition, that they have a very, very small uh, walima. That's his condition. And then, and then uh, <laughs> the family said, well, in our culture, we uh, pay for the walima. He said, have it as big as you want. <laughs> <laughs> so subhanallah yeah and, and the dowry can which can be whichever figure you, uh, you assume yeah. it's okay so it, it's, it's permissible even though it's 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 the it's on the man to pay but if these cultures you know if they want to pay it's okay no the yeah. sunnah the man is the one who throws the party yeah. and offers the walima and the feast yeah. the woman doesn't bear that burden the yeah. woman only collects the dowry and that is hers. So if the father wants to hold his own walima because he's got rid of his daughter. <laughs> <laughs> now, you know, we're talking about a time where people now are in financial restraint. They're having mm. financial problems. So if the groom and his family, the bride and her family, they get together and they offer the walima and they participate. Cool, this is great. You know what? Even furthermore, if more than one groom because one cannot afford to make a walima by himself. So they invite two, three grooms, two, three weddings, and they make one walima in the masjid and they invite everybody. That too Mashallah. would serve the purpose. Mashallah, it it, very it nice. doesn't have to be like a big, big feast. Mm. We're talking about how the Prophet وسلم, married to uh, Safiya radiallahu anha. And uh, when you read about the protocol of the wedding and uh, and who decorated and adorned who was the makeup artist who prepared Safiya uh, for the Prophet Sallallahu on the night of consummating the marriage it was his other wife Umm Salama anha. at that time the messenger Beautiful. of Allah peace be upon him did not have um, you know uh, financial means 
to throw a big walima. So you know what he did? Mm. Number one, he prepared what is known as hais. You know when you go to the haram during uh, Ramadan for iftar, mm. they offer dates, fresh dates, mm. dried dates, yogurt, and there's something like a paste. Mm. So that is dates smashed with, uh, with butter and mm. dried milk, condensed milk, mm. and it tastes so delicious. Mm. And the Prophet ﷺ loved the hais. Mm. So that was the ulima. No meat was involved. Very simple, and not only basic. that, and not only that, Sallallahu said, Man kana indahu shay'un So he wants to offer the walima and uh, he doesn't have enough, so he offered what he could and he said, whoever have some surplus of food, bring it over. Mashallah, mashallah. So basically, I can help you on the uh, walima. I can bring some food, uh, mm. your friends, your uh, relatives, everybody would bring a dish, like a potluck. And uh, mm. this way, you would help the person who does not afford it or he cannot afford it. On the other hand, if you have the means, the bigger, as long as you know that there is a decent number of people who would consume all the food and there will not be any waste, do it, mm. just do it. Mm. Because feeding people food, whether rich or poor, is something praiseworthy. Mm. As long as you're doing this for the sake of Allah and seeking His pleasure, fine. So the Prophet ﷺ, in the case of Zainab bin Tijahsh, he had some uh, surplus and a lot of means. So the ulema was a lot of meat. Anas ibn Malik said he distributed bread and meat almost to everyone and Mashallah. they ate more than once. So based on your capacity and your affordability, whatever you can afford, but do not skip it. You and have don't a waste goat. it. I'm sorry? So don't skip it and don't waste it as well. Yes. Don't waste it. In, in the case of Ali ibn Abi Talib radiallahu anhu, uh, Ali was poor mm. and uh, he didn't even have uh, means to pay the dowry. That's the Prophet وسلم, said, give her anything. He said, I don't have any. And, and who's uh, the bride? Prophet Muhammad's daughter, Fatima. Radiallahu anha. So the Prophet وسلم, said, and what happened to the armor that I gave you? He said, I still have it. He said, give it to her. It's something as means of dowry. And he said, Ya Ali, ma'al ursu walima. You know, uh, with every wedding, there should be walima. Mm. But I don't have. So Sa'ad ibn Abi Waqqas, radiyallahu anhu, he was very well off, was there and he said, I have a kapsh, I got it for you. A kapsh is a ram. Mm. So Sa'ad offered a ram, somebody offered whatever. And this is how they throw uh, or prepare the walima. Mm. And in, it is a cooperation and ta'awun. SubhanAllah, it's beautiful, you know, hearing these stories. Uh, from our beloved Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam you know and it reminds me that we had um, a new Muslim in Manchester as well in, in England where I'm from and a similar thing happened you know he didn't have much money but the whole community supported him you know a bit of money here a bit of money there some food and some people cooked and you really do feel the barakah in, in such events, subhanAllah. And, and it's complying with the divine mm. instruction in Surah Al-Ma'idah. The Almighty Allah says, You should help one another and cooperate in achieving what is righteous and what is good. And today we're helping you, tomorrow they will be helping me, and so on. You know, we feel happy for each other. Of course, this is how it should be. You know, we, the communities should help each other. But Sheikh, how important is it to answer the invitation? Uh, to the walima when, when people are invited you know when you invite uh, when you invite me for lunch tomorrow and you say uh, I want you to have you for uh, I want to have you for lunch tomorrow I may come I may not based on my availability 
But in the walima, when it comes to the walima of the nikah or the marriage, if you're invited by name, it becomes obligatory upon you. You got a text message, John, please uh, honor me tomorrow with your visit. We're having a walima. My son is getting married. I'm getting married. Then if you're available, even if you're fasting, mm. even if you're fasting, you should attend. The Prophet وسلم, said you should attend. If you're not fasting, eat. And if you're fasting, يعني make dua. Because the purpose of walima or from the attendees and the invitees side is to enjoy the food and make dua. Well, I'm not eating because I'm fasting. Then you make dua. You pray mm. and you supplicate for the couple. You say, Barakallahu lakuma. May Allah bless you both. Barakallahu alaykuma. And may Allah cover you and put baraka upon you. Envelope you with baraka. May Allah gather both of you in goodness. So this is something not to be missed. Inshallah. If the person was fasting a voluntary fasting and he knows that you invited him uh, by the name and he said, you got to come, it will honor me. And you, it was Monday or Thursday. It will make you happy to see him eating. Break your fast. Hmm. Break your fast. You will yeah. be rewarded because yeah. this is a legitimate reason. If he was fasting, making up Ramadan, or a fasting mm. of vow, then you should not break your fast. Jazakallah khair, Shaykh. SubhanAllah, beautiful advice uh, from, from this, SubhanAllah. And that's a great point we're going to finish this episode on. Jazakallah khair, You made me hungry. Yeah, Jazakallah. <laughs> thanks for uh, joining us again. And uh, we'll, we'll, we'll take this uh, to the next stage in the next episode, inshallah. So, SubhanAllah, great lessons learned there. As a community, we should work together, support people getting married and uh, we'll really see the benefits join us next time for another episode of the fiqh of love assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh